0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We have a great show in store for you today. So whether you are listening to this podcast or you are watching us on YouTube, we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. Mo, it's good to see you today. How's it going?
1: Good, good. It's good to see you as well. I'm ready to talk about leadership. Let's do it. Well,
0: I got some incredible news this week. I mean, news that's not just good for me, but like good for the world in general, which <laughs> is Friday Night Lights, the series is back on Netflix.
1: <laughs> okay. Which
0: you laugh, but I feel like a wrong, a significant wrong has been righted by this because I love that show. And so, of course, I've been watching it quite a bit this week. And I. It really reminded me of what we're going to be talking about today because Coach Taylor, I don't know if you've seen the show, Mo, but if you haven't, what's the matter? Like, we got to get you watching this. (laughs) But Coach Taylor, he's, you know, he's my favorite and, you know, he's kind of just living the life that I want to live in Texas and football and all kinds of stuff. And so... He, he has his team, the Dylan Panthers, and I'm not going to tell everyone out there what happens in case they haven't seen it yet, but basically, this inexperienced, kind of awkward second string quarterback, Matt Saracen, gets all the set input in the QB1 position. And it's lots of pressure. And, you know, uh, Coach Taylor's just trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do with this kid? And he's having this conversation with his wife of just like, man, I'm under so much pressure. What am I going to do with him? He's not ready. And and she just says, you're going to do what you've always done. You're going to invest in this kid. You're going to take him under your wing. You're going to mold him. You're going to shape him. You're going to give him the skills and the confidence that he needs to be successful, like you've always done, like you did with so and so, and so and so, and so and so. And so, it really made me think about today's topic because we've titled this episode "Leaders Build People," and and that's what he does in this show, and I love it because you know I love working with students, and you know. I love football. So it's just it's just great. And so Mo, we're going to talk about how le- leaders build people. And I know that you have three actions that leaders can take to really help them do this well. So why don't you tell us what is the first action?
1: You got it. Well, uh, to answer your earlier question, I have not seen Friday Night Lights. I've seen the I've seen the movie um, and I'm guessing it's kind of built off that. But uh, don't I'm glad you didn't spoil it for me because now I got to go see it. Anything that has a leadership lesson, I'm all about. See, you sold me. And oh, you'll love, you're right. you'll love it. You'll love it. And football season's right around the corner. And so I'm excited. And, you know, uh, I'm in. I'm in it. Look at that. You're, you're already, You're already influencing. You're already building people, Amber. And so we do. We have three actions. And, of course, like always, they're not the only three actions. But these are three important actions. And here's the first one. Leaders chart the course. You know, there, there's a great chapter in John Maxwell's 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, and it's called the law of navigation. And it's one of the earlier laws, which means it's something that they're kind of in order. You, you can't just jump to uh, law 21, which is the law of the legacy, because how are going to have a, a legacy unless you do all the stuff before that. So this one's an early chapter. And I wanted to talk about this and just maybe just a little piece of that chapter. And... What it means to chart the course for your people, in short, leaders are people of vision. You know, th- th- there are men and women that can see further than other people, and a lot of times they can anticipate what's going on on, for instance, the other side of a steep mountain, or, or they can kind of g- get a hunch about what's on the other side of the foggy abyss. And so in this specific chapter, you know, Maxwell majors on the majors, any minors on the minors. And he's telling us to do the same as leaders. However, both are important. The majors are important and the minors are important. Meaning vision is always the most important thing for the leader. It is, it's the most, you've gotta have vision. You have to know where your company or your organization's going. And then you need to help people come alongside you to be on that journey. And the way to do that is to chart the course. In short, this chapter talks about two different expeditions with two leaders who have two different ways of leading people, and both were trying to be the first to reach the South Pole. One made it, one didn't. <laughs> and I don't wanna get into all the details of the chapter, but the question that I wanna ask you out there today is this, are you a good navigator? Do you chart the course? And what I mean by this is, if people are gonna to look to you to lead them, then it's your responsibility to make sure that the ship, so to speak, gets where it needs to go. For instance, there are many reasons why the Titanic's sake, right? <laughs> but in the end, it was one person, the captain, who made the decisions to put people in that predicament. And that obviously didn't end up well for the people on the Titanic, a lot of them, most of them. And if we look back to the law of navigation and Maxwell's 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, we see the same thing.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that our listeners out there have, you know, necessarily faced a predicament that was as catastrophic as the Titanic, at least (laughs) I I hope not. But, (laughs) but, you know, how does somebody know if they really have vision that sees far enough? Is, Is there a way to, to know if they're looking far enough ahead or planning far enough ahead? Or is there a way to work on that?
1: There is. And like anything, it's it's learned. And it's really, if you want to start and you don't kind of know where you are in that process, great question, Amber. It's really about making good decisions. If you're the leader, just start making good decisions. Now, of course you want to employ people underneath you to take care of the most important issues and most issues actually, but in the end, you're the one who's accountable for the safety and the prosperity of, of your people and the company right? And so with that being said, I have a couple more questions for our listeners out there regarding charting the course. I want you to think back to a project or a plan that was maybe in place at your company. And I I don't know, maybe in the last one to five years, something that didn't go well. Most of us have probably experienced that at least once in our life, if not more. Now, within that instant, or, or other, maybe you have a bunch in your mind. Mo, let me just tell you five of these things that didn't work. In those, what went wrong? Was it something within the, the planning phase? Um, who was the person navigating that plan or that project? What could they have done differently? What would you have done differently? So now that we've looked back, right? <laughs> Let's look forward. Who are the navigators in your field? Who are the people that chart the course well to get things done in organizations that are like yours? Do you follow these people? Meaning um, there's social media today and we can look at people across the world really and say, I I wanna be like that person. I wanna be like that guy. I wanna be like that girl. And if you're like me, I beg, borrow, and steal all the good stuff. (laughs) And if you wanna be someone who charts the course well, you have to look towards those who have already done that. And that's, that's a great way to start. And then you start applying that and making those good decisions. And so you got to hone in and make yourself better. Now, of course, that's a topic for another discussion. But in general, the things that you need to be good at are important for you <clears throat> within, your, within your, your company, within your industry, and you have to figure out what those are. You have to capitalize on the leadership skills that are going to make you better and make people around you better. And so my final question to this point is this, what steps have you taken to chart the course for your people on your team? You might only lead one or two people. You might lead 20, you might lead 100 or 200 people, but are you taking the right steps to chart the course for that team? Because as you spend time with individuals and each person on your team, you have to figure out how you can best put them in a better place to not just be better for the company, but become a better person overall.
0: Okay, so to build people, the first action is to chart the course. What is the second action?
1: Yeah, the second action uh, that kind of builds on top of that is you need to challenge the status quo. I love people who challenge the status quo. One of the best parts about being a leader is that people expect you to buck the trends and challenge the status quo. You know, find out what your company needs, find out where it needs to go, and decide what can I do to go against the status quo a little bit? Not enough to, to get fired <laughs> because you make people mad, but what can you do that's different with people on your mind? To take them and move them from their comfort zone to the next place that they need to be. Because there's no growth without pain, right? That's what we talk about when we're little kids. There's growing pains. Great show, by the way, growing pains. But you know, when you're growing up, we have, you know, growing pains. And when we grow in our in, in our leadership with our companies, there are those growing pains, the things that we really don't want to feel, the things that, that we don't want to go through, go through. But you know what? We have to do those things if we want to get better. So, challenging people to be something uh, that that they're not yet, but you know that they can be, is a great place to be, and it's something you need to get really good at. Because I'm not saying that you need to push back or be rude. You don't need to be. Uh, you know, you don't need to be that that person that is just, you know, always making people uncomfortable just for the sake of making them uncomfortable. But you have to make them better. So remember, everybody on your team is unique. And as the leader, it's your job to make sure that you inspire the people on your team to learn more about themselves and how to be better.
0: And how do you do that?
1: Well, the first thing that you need to learn is that you're unique yourself. And so don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to be other people. Don't try to be something that you're not. In my career, I, I've always tried to emulate the best coaches and leaders that I know. But one thing's for certain, I'm not trying to be them. I'm trying to be me because the, the the men and women, the coaches and mentors in my life, they are incredible because they tap into what they're good at. They focus on the things that they know how to do well. and They don't try to be other people. And everybody to a person has said, Mo, you need to be you. I never want to be somebody else. But Mo,
0: how do you emulate someone and also still be you?
1: Well, you and I have talked on several occasions about what it means to be self-aware. And self-awareness is the key really to becoming a better leader. And helping your people in their quest of self-awareness is gonna set you apart in their eyes as you lead. So yes, you have to be self-aware. You have to know what you're not good at. (laughs) But the way that you do that, part of self-awareness really is, is, is to understand I don't know what I don't know. And if you don't know what you don't know, you've gotta ask other people, hey, what don't I know? And they'll probably look at you crazy, but once you open that up, they'll let you know the things that you need to get better at. And I'm not talking about just coaches and mentors in your life. I'm talking about people that are around you every day. Sometimes the people you work with on, on, on a lateral field, sometimes it's the people that are you know beneath you that, that are looking towards you to lead them. And so that's why you need to help your people find their brand as well. In fact, uh, Seth Godin writes several books on what it means to build your own brand. Pretty much, he says you're going to go from company to company, and, and Amber, we've talked about before how many times people are going to change careers in their in their lives. And so, Seth Godin always says, "Well, if that's the case, you need to build your brand." And so, there's a great book, and you should pick it up. It's called "Lynchpin." Are you indispensable? <laughs> and that that question on the front just got me right away because I'm thinking, man, I want to be indispensable. And Amber, we talk a lot about what it means to be indispensable in your industry, and so that book is exactly what it says in the title. Once you understand that you're a changed person, you can help change others. One of my mentors, a guy named Kevin, always talks about the you project, or in my case, he talks about the Mo project. So when I sit down with him, everything comes back to what I need to do to be better and to be the best me possible. In turn, it's my job to do the same with people. Amber, when I sit down with you, I'm talking about the Amber project, right? And so every time we're talking about something, it always comes back to, Amber, what do you control? What do you need to do to get better? So the question is, do you have somebody pushing, pushing you to be better, pushing back on you, helping you to get to the next level? Are you taking that knowledge and helping others become better? You see, leaders, are those who are comfortable enough to live in an uncomfortable state. <laughs> they wanna stand out and be different, but they don't wanna stand out and be different just for the sake of doing that and say, hey, everybody, look at me. They wanna do this because they wanna help others do the same. They wanna tap into that untapped potential of others. Are you doing what, it, what needs to be done to help your people be authentic and transparent? Because I can tell you this, If you're not authentic and you're not transparent yourself, you're never going to be able to help your people do the same. Don't settle for behaviors that are bad and lack of competencies and what you do in your job and not knowing what's going on. Get better every day because as you get better, you're going to be able to help other people on your team be better, not just at work, but in their lives in general. You know, you need to act like a leader. And the way that leaders act is they want to make people better and people are going to end up thanking you for challenging them and challenging the status quo in their own lives.
0: Well, you know, as an Enneagram type eight, a challenger, that's what I live by that eventually people are going to thank me for challenging them. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping that that proves to be true. I'm so hoping most,
1: to for your sake as well, Amber. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Didn't I just tell always... you the
0: other day the challenging <laughs> or challenge was my middle name?
1: <laughs> you did and, I, and and I literally looked at looked at my phone and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So I love, I, I love it. I love it. Amber, you, you are, you, you are impossible to control. And that's, that's what I love about you. You are always pushing me to be better. So thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. See, somebody did thank me. I knew that was going to oh, happen eventually. <laughs> I,
1: I, play, I played right into it. <laughs> you totally
0: did. Well, Mo, to build people, we have to chart the course. We have to challenge the status quo. What is the third and final action that you have for our listeners today?
1: The third and final action is this. Leaders build the whole person. Leaders change the whole person. And it's my job to view each person on my team in their totality. And it's your job to view your people in their totality. If you really wanna get the best out of your people, you can't just worry about what they do at work. You have to care about every part of their lives. And this is difficult, but it's necessary. Do you have the qualities in you to help others achieve greatness? And when I say greatness, I mean greatness. I'm not talking mediocrity. I am talking greatness. You should be getting up every morning, thinking to yourself, I wanna help my people become better and get closer to their goals and dreams. And of course, you cannot neglect the company mission within this. You have to do all of it. You have to be able to do it all at the same time. Well, Mo, I think every listener
0: out there, especially if they're in a place of being a leader or trying to be a leader, has asked themselves, do I even have the qualities it takes to help people be better? And this usually comes from a place of either insecurity or frustration. So how does somebody overcome that thinking and channel that into action?
1: Well, this is what I'll say about insecurity. There's a study that was done that 95% of people are insecure. The other 5%, well, we just really feel bad about ourselves, <laughs> <laughs> meaning 100% of people out there, we all have insecurities. So not that you have to get over them, but you have to be able to face those. So what are your insecurities? And those are important. And that's, again, why you need good people in your life that are you know, looking to help you get better. In terms of qualities, I would point you to, again, shocking, right? John Maxwell's 21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader. You know, when I was a young leader and I really did, when when I hear that word qualities, I'm thinking, well, what are the qualities I want to have, right? That's a great question. And when he wrote that book, not that those are the only 21, but those are 21 very important qualities. So pick that book up. See, do you have one of them? Some of them? All of them? None of them. (laughs) Because if you want to be in leadership, you have to be able to know those qualities. So that would be a direct answer to, to that question. But let me say this, effective leadership is scarce, And those who embrace it and help others on their team realize that they're essential to the company and the company's mission are gonna become better at what they do and they're gonna effect real change on a deeper and larger level. You see, when you uh, help the people on your team become better, not just as a worker, but to their very core, you're gonna increase employee productivity, job satisfaction, and the overall well-being of the people on your team. And we've all heard the saying, happy employees are the best performers. And it's true, but you just don't want to try to keep your people happy on an artificial and surface level. Caring for the mindset of your people is one of the most important things that you can do as a leader. When you promote well-being in the whole person, you unlock potential for them to reach peak performance, both at work and at home. And so it's about taking a comprehensive look At every person on your team, I'm talking a a deep dive look to, to sit down, write it down on paper, right? I mean, I'm all about journaling, Amber. You, every one of our leaders out there should have a leadership journal. You have your regular journal where you just rant and rave about, you know, how things are going good or bad in your life. And then you have a leadership journal, which is, these are the things in my life that have to do with leadership. Your people should be in that journal. You see, when your people show up to work, are they engaged? Do they seem refreshed and ready to work? or are they always looking at the clock or their watch and wanting to go home
0: or if they're on Zoom if are they always fidgeting or turning the camera off or playing with their dog <laughs>
1: it, that's so true so, something to to remember is is this you know people can change and it's our job even in, a lot of people through this this entire last you know 15 17 months we're saying gosh I really don't know what to do but the best leaders that I know They were excited. They were thinking, this is another way for me to connect with my people. And so when you realize that your people can write a new piece of their story every day and that you can be a part of that and you can set them up to be influencers for others, ready to make an impact, not just for members on their team, but the the entire company, that's a great place to be. And so my encouragement is that you help people thrive where they're at not just at work but in their personal lives as well help them become better human beings <laughs> cognitively emotionally socially physically whatever you got to do i mean i think what is it google that that has uh, an and they they could you can ride bikes uh, on campus and they've got a little place to work out i mean that stuff's great and and i know a lot of companies out there um You know, we're, we're smaller. We, we can't, we can't afford that, but that's okay. You can promote that stuff though. You can help people. You may, you might give them a long lunch, for instance, and say, Hey, you know, you were mentioning me that you didn't get to the gym, uh, yesterday. Why don't you take a longer lunch and, you know, go and do that. That will go. You don't have to do it every day, but when you are hearing your people and solving problems, they're going to appreciate you for it. So what do you do? Whatever it takes. Your job is to be there for your people and change them to their very core, right? And that—that's what what comes to bucking the trends, going against the status quo, really challenging the way that everybody does stuff, right? And so, my best and most cherished relationships in my own life are the people that have wanted to make me better, right? I hope that 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 the people in your life, for our listeners out there, are you know those important people that they are making you better, and that. They're helping to change you to your core so that you can, in turn, change the people that look to you to their core.
0: So to be a leader that builds people, we have to one, chart the course two challenge the status quo and three,
1: change the whole
0: person. So, Mo, we're almost out of time for today. So before we go, do you have any final thoughts for us?
1: Just one. Uh, years ago, when, when I began uh, working for Kevin, my, one of my uh, uh, earliest mentors, he told me that leaders do two things. Leaders build people and they build teams. Today, we talked about the first part of that. You can't build great teams without great people. And you know, building people and finding others that are willing to do stuff so that you can invest in them, that's important. So increase your visibility among your people and help them know that you are looking to make their lives better. You know, don't don't, don't promote yourself, but always put others before yourself. You know, put their goals uh, out in front so that they know that their goals are important to you as well. Focus on their overall brand, like Seth Godin talks about, right? Set them up for success and let them know that they're an important part of, of what you do on a daily basis. And when you realize that building into people and building people is the most important thing that you can do as a leader, with your people, you're gonna unlock the door to a new dimension of what it means to be successful. You see, a lot of people can be successful on their own, but only true leaders can bring the best out in people, continually build that team as you build into them, and then create a winning structure that affects the entire company culture.
0: Just like Coach Taylor on Friday Night Lights.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It all comes back to Friday Night Lights, right? (laughs) That's right. All right, I'll watch it.
0: (laughs) Okay, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you everybody for joining us again and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.